It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins offseason blueprint for 2023 continues here on Locked On Dolphins. Today, a look at what former Dolphins that have expired contracts I'd be bringing back and what players in free agency I would be adding to the mix for the Dolphins this month as well. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. Today on the show, we are continuing our exploration of my personal blueprint for the Dolphins offseason. Everything from contracts to free agency to trades to the draft to a 53-man roster, to a three-year salary cap look for the Dolphins of the health of their salary cap. There's a lot to look forward to this week on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. So go ahead and hit subscribe, whether you're checking us out on YouTube, on Locked On Dolphins, or on your favorite podcast feed. Thanks for checking out the show. If you're new, welcome. I'd recommend listening to to yesterday's show first before we dive in today because we're going to be continuing this week-long series. But I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. And today on the show is all about free agents, Dolphins free agents that we want to bring back and free agents from elsewhere across the league that we want to add to the mix. Now, off-season blueprint as a refresher. Yesterday, we went over... Uh, contracts, players on the roster to trade, uh, some restructuring, players to cut. We did a roster assessment, an updated roster assessment of all the players that are under contract after the moves that I would make. And this is where it took us. The Dolphins' salary cap for 2023. We started this process with negative $15.3 million. After we cut some players, trimmed some fat off the roster, you were up around $14 million. And then after the contract extensions and restructures that we'd laid out yesterday, $55.7 million in spending power. Now, that can go a long way. It can go a really long way. But the challenge, the challenge is to make sure you're doing so in a way that's responsible to maximize the here and now and to also set yourself up for success next year and the year after that. And I think that's one thing that I tried to be mindful of when I looked at players to bring back. And we'll cover the players that I am bringing back off the Dolphins roster from this past season first here on the show. 
a lot of one-year deals. Because if you if you are a player on this team and you don't have a long-term contract at this point, you're either on a rookie deal and it makes sense for us to keep it that way so you're less expensive or you're probably more of a complementary part of what the picture is and what it looks like. Now, the Dolphins obviously need to add. Um, and that's part of this whole process. But what I did is I identified the players that I would prioritize bringing back. And most of them are on one-year deals. Because by maintaining one-year deals and one-year contracts, you continue to sustain that word that Chris Greer has mentioned stop after stop along the way, which is flexibility. So by having one-year contracts and doing that over a year, and you have your nucleus pieces that have long-term contracts and big money deals, and you foil that with one-year contracts sprinkled in peripherally around that, and then you can be selective and free agency to go out and pay a few guys that you can serve at, have serve as staple pieces for the next three years or so. And if they're not that, then you give them a one-year deal. And you'll see that same theme in the free agents outside of the Dolphins structure and organization as well. But these are the players that I would bring back. I'm bringing back Nick Needham. I'm bringing back River Craycraft. I'm bringing back Raheem Mostert. I'm bringing back Trent Sherfield. I'm bringing back Duke Riley. I'm bringing back Elijah Campbell. I'm bringing back Savan Akbed. And I'm bringing back Thomas Morstead. These are the names that I would want to prioritize the most to get back from the Dolphins' expiring contracts. I don't think it's overly complex or overly complicated to find a thumper linebacker. And I'd like to bring in Landon Roberts back, but I do think he played pretty good football last year relative to his own historical strengths and weaknesses. The Dolphins aren't running that kind of system anymore, though. And that has always been the number one asset that Elena Roberts has brought is experience in the scheme. Well, now that Josh Boyer's gone and Brian Flores is gone and Vic Fangio's in here, it's a whole different kind of stressor on your linebackers. I'd be very surprised if there was a conscious effort to bring him back. Now, I think Duke Riley, for what he did from a special teams perspective, there's a little bit bigger case there. Um, I think there's a case to be made for Jeff Wilson, uh, but I do think explosiveness uh, is something the Dolphins will need to want more of uh, to get the most run out of their running game, pun intended, I guess. Um, Raheem Mostert, phenomenal season last year, arguably career year. And he's not somebody who has a ton of tread on the tires. Injuries and durability are obviously a question. But there's a pretty good case to be made for Raheem Mostert to be your primary running back. So in the same way that we did yesterday, uh, when we did the roster assessment of the players that were under contract for the Dolphins after the moves that I would make, I'm acknowledging here, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the evaluation of the players that have been brought back. I have two adequate starter caliber players, Raheem Mostert and Nick Needham. If Nick Needham's healthy, I think he's an adequate starter player as a fifth defensive back for an NFL system. Raheem Mostert, you acknowledge his strengths and weaknesses. You really admire the way he played down the stretch for the Dolphins. Um, I think those two guys are, are two of the more expensive guys that you would want to bring back. Now, Thomas Morstead is a punter. He's a quality starter. He's a quality punter. He had one of the best punting seasons the Dolphins have had in a really long time. 
but he's an older player, so I can't put him as a roster cornerstone. He doesn't have a long-term contract. But I'd bring him back on another one-year deal. I'd, I'd run it back. The rest of this group is quality depth pieces. Duke Riley, Trent Sherfield, River Craycraft, Elijah Campbell, Savan Ahmed. These are all depth pieces to complement, again, to complement what you have. Because your core nucleus of players, as we went through yesterday, you've got three-plus quality starters in every group when you divide the, the roster across skill players, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, back seven players. You've got three-plus quality starters in all units. And you got roster cornerstones in all of them because Javon Holland was, was your roster cornerstone in the secondary, in the back seven. So you kind of know who your accent pieces are. It's how do you complement those accent pieces in an economically sound way? I think this is the way to do it. Now, from a financials perspective, I've got Duke Riley down for 3-5. I think he played for three last year, played a ton of special team snap, got a little bit of run on defense. Uh, Raheem Mostert gets a little bit of a pay bump versus last year for him as well. But as an older running back, I don't think the market's going to go crazy for him at any point. So I have Duke Riley down for $3.5 million on a one-year deal. Raheem Mostert, I have down on a one-year deal for $3 million. Nick Needham, I have on a one-year $2 million deal. He's obviously going to have to showcase that he's healthy. Obviously, with the injury that he suffered that ended his season prematurely, it's a bummer for him. But I do think it sets him up. Uh, to come back to Miami and show, showcase that he's healthy. And the Dolphins need all the corner help that they can get, all the, the corner depth that they can get. Uh, Thomas Morstead, uh, $2 million. It's right around where he played last year for the team. Uh, Trent Sherfield also at $2 million. That's a little bit of a bump. I thought Trent did really well with the opportunities that he had last year, whilst also acknowledging uh, the, the ceiling for him as a receiver. But his impact as a blocker on some of the backside of these runs that the Dolphins have when they had a lot of success running away from the formational strength. Trent was a big part of the blocking as a slot player who took about 50% of his snaps in the slot last year. And then the other three players are, are $1 million effectively minimum type signings for the Dolphins, including uh, Savan Ahmed, who I believe is restricted free. So that puts you at $40 million in cap space to bring back what is that, nine, eight, eight players. I'm going to do math live on the show. That's never going to end well. Uh, that's why all these graphics are set ahead of time because I had a chance to actually sit down and do that. Bring eight players back. And now you're getting close to 50 players under contract and you still have $40 million in spending power at your disposal. And you didn't give out a single multi-year contract for players that you bring back. I think that's sound strategy. I think that maintains the flexibility that Chris Greer's talked about. And um, that sets the, sets the stage for a very impactful free agent stretch for the Dolphins, which is what we're going to talk about next on the show. But before we do, let's talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads and everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's talk free agency. What would I do? What would I do with $40 million in spending power for the Dolphins? I can tell you one thing that I have done on a number of these contracts uh, that is not something that has really been a a part of what the Dolphins have done in recent years, but I think with where they are at in their competitive window, it makes sense to start doing more of. Putting a void year or two on the back end of contracts. Now, they did it with Eric Fisher, and as a result, they're going to carry about a million and a half dollars in dead cap for Eric Fisher for him to sign in December and get hurt like three days into being a member of the team and having his his season ended. So go figure. Well, you know, everybody panned for the Dolphins to sign another tackle like Eric Fisher is a former number one overall pick back in July, and he signs in December and gets hurt right away. Here's your sign, right? But there are a number of players that are going to be on this list that are going to have void years, one, one void year added on the back end of the deal. And I can tell you this, of the players that have a void year added on the back end of the deal, There's one contract that put $2 million in void money in 2024. There's a player that put $3 million in void year in 2026. There's a player that put a void year for $3 million in 2027. There's a player that put void year in 2026 for three and a half million dollars. So you nickel and dime it. Right. And at the end of the day, it's your opportunity cost. Whenever that bill comes due, is a special teams player that you can't sign because that's like the Clayton Fedulums and the Seathan Carters and the Keon Crossins of the world. Like that's their salary. I'm not going to lose sleep on having one less of that player. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Now, where it gets really risky is when you start doing what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing, where they are putting. $10 million void year for a single player that you might re-sign. And if you do, great, you can absorb that and make that part of their cap hit for the first year of their new contract. But if you don't bring them back, you, you're really paying a lot of money uh, for players to not be a part of your team. So that's kind of the strategy with, with how I chose to structure the void years that I did put in free agency is... It's uh, it's n- none of them is more than three and a half million dollars, and they're at least three years out from now. And and listen, dead money is a part of the NFL. It's a part of life in the NFL. It's an unfortunate reality. Um, what you ultimately have to avoid is getting burned by multiple big contracts in the same stretch of time. So. I don't think it's ever realistic to expect you're never going to carry any dead money unless you're the 2020 Dolphins and you tore everyone out in 2019 and built it up from scratch. 
And when that's the case, then you're going to have a mountain of spending power like the Chicago Bears right, have right now because they did the exact same thing last year. So let's talk about this free agent class that I have. I'm going to name all 10 players that I have proposed for the Dolphins. And then we'll talk through each one of them. And we'll talk about what the salary cap situation is going to look like. And remember, at the very end of this, this offseason blueprint doesn't just take you to a 53-man roster for the start of the season. I take you through to this time next year. So we're going to have a chance to look at, and, and it's going to have a 2025 cap forecast as well, but it's going to take you to 2024 right now. What conversations are we going to have 12 months from now after this whole roster is set where we need to restructure this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, or we need to cut this guy, this guy. So would like to think I, I dotted my I's and crossed my T's here, but let's get into the class uh, players that I would bring in 10 players in total. I'll read them all and then we'll acknowledge them individually one by one. L.A. Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil. I have him down for a three-year, $21 million deal. Uh, his salary cap hit for 2023 would be $5 million. Tight end Foster Moreau, Las Vegas Raiders, the more traditional inline player as compared to Darren Waller. Three-year, $24 million deal with one void year on the back end of that. His cap hit for 2023 would be $4.5 million. Offensive tackle Trey Pipkins, right tackle. Los Angeles Chargers, four-year, $32 million deal with a void year on the back end of that contract. His cap hit for 2023 would be $6 million. Safety, John Johnson, Cleveland Browns. Uh, he was actually just cut. He, he was going to be on my um, players on other teams to call and inquire about series or show that we did last week. And lo and behold, he got cut like the day before I record. So uh, I, I would absolutely sign him. Uh, and there's some connections with, with the vast majority of these players uh, that I think are relevant for the Dolphins. But John Johnson, three-year, $24 million deal with a void year on the back end of that. That'd be a $4.5 million dead cap for 2023. Quarterback Taylor Heineke, one-year, $6 million deal with a void year on the back end. A cap hit in 2023 of $4 million. Uh, defensive end Malik Reed, one year, $3 million deal, $3 million cap hit for 2023. Running back Jarek McKinnon, one year, $2 million deal, 2023 cap hit, $2 million. Defensive back Chandon Sullivan, one year, $2 million deal, $2 million cap hit in 2023. Interior defensive lineman Colin Saunders, one year, $3 million deal, $3 million cap hit in 2023. And interior offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill, two-year, $6 million deal, $3 million cap hit in 2023. So your void year, your void contracts are Foster Moreau, Trey Pipkins, John Johnson, Taylor Heineke. You've got five one or four one-year deals, five one-year deals. See, do a math live on the show. It never ends well. Heineke, Reed, Jarek McKinnon, Shannon Sullivan, Colin Saunders. You've got... Three, four, four guys that have an argument to be made to be cornerstone slash pillar pieces that are, are new additions to this roster. And uh, I, I really struggled with resisting the temptation to, to sign a big money player, a Tremaine Edmonds, presumably a Jordan Poyer. Now, if Jordan Poyer wants to come for the same dollar amount that John Johnson just signed, like, 
sure, you can interchange the name, and I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to argue with you. I think Jordan Boyer will be an excellent addition from the Dolphins, but the financials have to make sense for Miami. And I think the big thing with Poyer is finding out what his market is worth uh, and how much a team is willing to pay him. And I don't have that answer, right? He's going to have to find that out for himself. But I thought about all the blue pro, or the, the blue chip type players and, and oh, sounds like Josh Jacobs is going to get the franchise tag and Sa- Saquon Barkley, if the Giants get a deal done with Daniel Jones, is going to get the franchise tag. Tony Pollard is going to get the franchise tag. So now suddenly you're looking at like Miles Sanders and Kareem Hunt at the top of the running back class. You just like there's there's no reason to not want to bring Raheem Mostert back with how impactful he was as a player. Evan Ingram and Hayden Hurst with uh, the tight end position as as probably the top two names. You put Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, and that that next bundle I have Foster Moreau as a a tier three tight end along with Gusecki, Schultz, Tunyon, Sample, OJ Howard. I think Moreau probably gives you the best balance. I think Sample and Howard are better blockers, uh, but they are not receiving threats in any capacity. Uh, I think Moreau's probably a little bit more of a dynamic player than Schultz. I think he's a much better blocker than Gasecki. I think he's a little bit more of a dynamic player than Tunyon. Uh, Hayden Hurst was the one that I, I would have loved to have found a way to make it work. I just didn't. And as a result, we didn't go there. Uh, Levante David, Jermaine Pratt... No, I, I I thought about T.J. Edwards. Obviously, played in Vic Fangio's uh, the, the the bones of that Vic Fangio system in Philadelphia. But uh, we're going to close today by talking about each one of these ten players briefly. Why I think they're appropriate fits for the Dolphins, and then the salary implications for uh, what the salary cap is going to look like for the remainder of 2023. With a reminder that after June 1st, you're going to get 10 million dollars in salary cap that opens up when Byron Jones is uh, the remainder of his. Void money converts to being a 2024 dead cap charge and not a 2023 dead cap charge. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So in the same spirit of the roster assessment that we did yesterday on the show with... The players under contract, after I trimmed the fat on the roster and, and reassessed the money with, with current contracts, and in the same spirit of what we did with players that we brought in, remember, your valuation index, you've got roster cornerstones, quality starters, adequate starters, replacement-level players, quality depth pieces, non-roster caliber players, incomplete evaluations, practice squad developmental types, and rookies. Well, how many rookies? Because the draft is tomorrow. We'll do the seven-round draft tomorrow on the show. But your post-free agency top 51 players, remember, your offseason, the top 51 are the only ones that count against the cap. Anything after that, because it's an offseason roster, it doesn't log. Pipkins and Taylor Heineke, 
are each are your two biggest, or excuse me, Pipkins and Drew Tranquil are your two biggest names from a cap hit for this year. Now Heineke gets the $6 million on the one-year deal, but there is a void year on the back end of that that kind of redistributes some of that money. What you end up with is about $8.5 million in, in money left for the remainder of the offseason. Now, that, that will be enough to get your rookies under contract. Obviously, you're at 51. You're over 51. So any player that you add at this point in the game, the next lowest roster number comes out. So if it's $870,000 is your 51st player, and then you add a player for $3 million, you take the only money that would be added to the cap is the $3 million minus $870,000. So like you, you kind of get to play that game on the back end of this once it squeezes here. But I have Drew Tranquil is a quality starter at linebacker. And he played for Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio disciple, too high defense, all the same principles, light box counts. Like he, he's lived this life that Dolphins linebackers are going to have to live. And because of that, I think he's a perfect fit. And I think he's a little bit more, he's probably a little bit less expensive than what TJ Edwards from Philadelphia is going to be. So I have that, that cap distribution is going to be $5 million, $7 million, $9 million across his three-year deal, $21 million total. Trey Pipkins, John Johnson, Foster Moreau, Daniel Brunskill, and Chandon Sullivan are classified as adequate level starters at the NFL level. Pipkins was a small school guy, developed by the Chargers, ended up stepping into the right tackle job, played the majority of the season, played pretty well. He's not as fluid he, he, he's probably a little bit more dynamic style of player than Brandon Shell. He's definitely not the boom athlete that Austin Jackson is, but I'm willing to live in that world because I've seen the variance of Austin Jackson as a player. John Johnson, his peak as a player was in 2020 with dot, 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 the LA Rams and dot, 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 Brandon Staley, with the same connection to the Fangio-based defense. So now you've got Tranquil and Johnson connected to defensively the Fangio system. Uh, Malik Reed, the defensive end that we're bringing in, the, the rush linebacker, played for Fangio in Denver. A lot of sense. Uh, offensively, uh, we, we've talked and exhausted the talking point on what backup quarterback that's going to be available. I think parallels the most to Tua Tagovailoa. I do think it is Taylor Heineke. Uh, so him as a quality depth player, who if you need him as a bridge to start four games, like, Washington's tried to get rid of him a bunch of times. Dude's a cockroach. He just will not go away in Washington. Uh, they're probably going to want to clear clear that out. They they have a whole new offensive system that's in there as well. They, they seem high on Sam Howell, the rookie from last year out of North Carolina. Um, but Heineke's a gamer. Um, but the the physical style of play I think has some parallels to Tua that that make him a player that you would want to service your backup. We kind of already talked about Foster Moreau. I think he's a balanced player. I don't think he's really going to move the needle for you as a receiver, but he doesn't have to. Uh, and he can play in line. He's a definitive upgrade over Durham Smythe as your wide tight end who's going to play with his hand in the dirt. Daniel Brunskill played with McDaniel in San Francisco. Uh, kind of a utility interior offensive lineman, some guard center flexibility there. You can kind of move around. That really seems to be a big selling point for the Dolphins in this system uh, is the versatility of the offensive lineman. 
Jarek McKinnon, uh, some stylistic parallels to a Raheem Mostert. I would consider him your Raheem Mostert insurance policy, and you can keep both of those guys fresh. Uh, Colin Saunders is a athletic, big, a big-bodied athletic guy. I think he probably gives you a little bit more athleticism than Raquan Davis does. Uh, so if you need a, a bigger nose on passing downs or, or your first and tens, uh, you, you might want to rotate him in intermittently. And then Shannon Sullivan is he's from Green Bay and then played last year in Minnesota with dot, dot, dot. A Vic Fangio Seifel is the defensive uh, coordinator with Ed Donatel. Uh, that nickel apex defender, fifth DB type, uh, very much a corner type. So the Dolphins now have a third safety between Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and John Johnson. You've got three safeties you feel really good about when you need to go big safety. And then Cater Co., who's Avian Howard, and either Shannon Sullivan or Nick Needham, if Nick Needham's healthy, uh, you feel like you have options for three, three DBs if you want to go nickel or big nickel. And remember, we said at the very top of this, my number one prerogative was to put myself in a position where I didn't feel like I had, I had to draft anything. Because the moment you put yourself in a box and you have to draft something early, you have to get a starter in the draft, that's when you open the door for chaos because you're, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage because everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to know it. And I feel like between adding, keeping Jerome Baker and signing another starting caliber linebacker who's used to living in a light box count world who played in this system with, with Brandon Staley, signing a safety as A, insurance policy for Brandon Jones if he's not ready for the start of the season, but then B, when you go three safeties, you have that. Signing another DB to be another inside threat, Shannon Sullivan and Nick Needham can play outside. So you have a little bit of extra depth now outside, in addition to having multiple players who can play in the nickel. Adding two offensive linemen and Trey Pipkins and Daniel Brunskill. You, I think you've really positioned yourself well to take the draft as it comes. Foster Moreau, so you've addressed the tight end position. You need to add something there. But you can get an inline blocker for a low dollar amount at any point in free agency uh, because the, the, nobody prioritizes the blockers. So if you strike out in the draft, you can go out and get one. You, you've got some insurance for Raheem Mostert. You've got your backup quarterback. You're in a really, really favorable spot to take the draft as it comes. And that is tomorrow on the show. We did a seven-round mock draft with the Draft Network's mock draft simulator. Uh, with the extra picks, remember, we talked about yesterday on the show on Monday when we Talked about trimming the fat on the roster. We traded Cedric Wilson for a seven, and we traded Emmanuel Agra for a five. So the Dolphins don't just have a two, two threes, a six, and a seven. Like you, you got a, an extra five, extra five, and an extra seven now at your disposal. This, is a, this draft class is going to be a little bit bigger than what it's currently scheduled to be because this is how I would do it and how I would call the shots. And it's obviously a little hard to do because there has to be reciprocity from both parties to make some of these roster transactions. Um, but I really am rooting the process in historical events. Oh, the historical cost for a players and trying to forecast out and trying to be conservative with compensation for trades, but be aggressive for compensation for players. 
but I feel really good about this roster. So tomorrow we're going to go over the, the draft. And then we're going to go over the projected starting lineup that we would have. And then the following day, we have the 53-man roster projection, and we have the three-year cap health to look at. So we got a great week here on the show. Make sure you uh, hit subscribe on the channel, whether it's your favorite podcast medium or on the YouTube channel. Click the bell, get the notifications when new content goes out or we go live here on the show. Really appreciate you guys checking out Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.